the upcoming presentation is a two-man power trip of wrestling podcast production. Right here, right now. This is New Generation Declassified, and you're listening to an all-new New Generation Declassified here, exclusively on the Two-Man Power Trip of Wrestling Podcasting Empire. If you didn't know by now, my name is Chad, and every single week we go back in time. We take a look back at those finer days of our pro wrestling fandom, the mid-90s, the New Generation era, 93 to early 97 where the WWF was the center of the wrestling universe, at least from my perspective. Of course, we know they were getting their butts handed to them in the ratings. Uh, But nonetheless, New Generation Declassified, not the home of the experts, but the home of those of us who watched at the time and can go back and look with a little bit of a uh, finer-tuned eye and see what it was uh, that was going on at the time. Does the stuff hold up? Does it not? Was it shit? Was it not? We get to kind of look back and see uh, what exactly the dealio uh, was, as the kids say. But let me tell you this. Uh, this week I am by myself. Uh, next week we have a great episode on tap. I will talk about that shortly. Uh, but I want to go out of my way to thank both Coach Mike Hollow of Hollow Stable as well as Brendan Higgins, a.k.a. Knuckles Nelson, for their appearances on the airwaves over the last couple of weeks. Uh, absolutely uh, loved sitting under the learning tree, getting to hear some of the things they've done throughout their career, uh, that kind of coincided with this new generation era. Now, Knuckles, a.k.a. Tully McShane, a.k.a. Brendan Higgins, and all the other aliases he has, he had a great match that we could cover. He had a, a, a squash match with Razor Ramon, where when we, when we look back, I mean, this isn't a quiz, but just in case you didn't listen to that episode, I don't know why, uh, he was asked by Scott Hall, you know, could he take a, a second rope move? He said yes. And it was Razor Ramon's second match of the night. So, I mean, just a great backstory to this one, you know, two to three minute squash match. Now, Mike Hollow, you know, I, I knowing about his production work and, and his relationship with Pat Patterson, being able to expand on that, but also kind of glance over what he did in that new generation era. It's listed online that he had this match with the Spellbinder, a.k.a. Fantasio. And uh, he kind of just sidestepped it and went on to talk about uh, something that happened a few years down the line with Bradshaw, uh, where, you know, Bradshaw basically uh, rearranged his face uh, with a uh, clothesline from hell. And, uh, you know, it was like, thank you, sir. May I have another? But he kind of jumped over the new generation years. But it was okay because their stories, both of them, intersected with the WWF because of the Northeastern ties where these guys wrestled in new England, Massachusetts, Rhode Island, Connecticut, this was obviously the WWF's backyard. So it made sense to have them give their perspective on what it was like coming up in the business, because even though wrestling was down and I don't have those numbers to back me up, I don't have the financials. I don't have the books in front of me, but even though the WWF was down, it was still the center of the wrestling universe for guys gritting their teeth, trying to make it, seeing if they would get on the TV. Who would die? Would they catch 
Maybe one thing they did right in a match changed their whole entire careers. Uh, it was interesting to see that no matter what, the WWF still was the place to be. And uh, I, again, I cannot thank them enough. Please go out and support Hollow Stable and check them out online. Check them out on all the social media platforms that they're on. They're on Instagram, Facebook, and they have a great website with a lot of interesting tidbits about Coach Hollow and a lot of the testimonials of guys he's trained like Kofi Kingston and Tommaso Ciampa and Ivar uh, or Ivar, the Viking ratings. Viking Raiders, there's a lot of great information out there. Go check it out and support these guys. Same thing with uh, with uh, Brendan Higgins. Go buy his book. Check it out. It's a great journey uh, through his life. Like he explained why he kind of tended to nurse these injuries and finally get over with his uh, yoga. And, and, and it was really cool. Very good stuff uh, out of Brendan. Again, getting to know these guys over the last couple of uh, months has been sweet. Uh, the conversations that I got to have with Coach Hollow leading up to this were uh, unbelievable. And uh, just uh, I love sitting under the learning tree of uh, these past gentlemen in the business that have seen it and can tell it. And that is how you learn. Okay. That is a podcasting 101 uh, course right there is listening, asking the right questions, and being able to be there when the interview is live and, uh, and ready to go. So I'd like to do more of those kinds of interviews. It doesn't necessarily need to be uh, enhancement talent or jobbers or job guys or extras or whatever you want to call them. It doesn't need to be that. It also doesn't need to be the superstars. You know, I've contemplated and kicked the tires on having guys from this era come on, but I just don't know if it's necessary to the content from what we're trying to accomplish. You know, there's interviews out there on all different shows now. I don't think I need to bring some of these superstars on that are, uh, you know, appearing on other platforms, giving more in-depth uh, interviews about their careers. I don't know if I need to bring them out and just talk about the new generation. I don't think it's really uh, needed in this content platform. Again, millions of interviews. <laughs> Hell, John, on Tuesday, he probably had him on already uh, or on a feature show. He's probably had him on in the last couple of months. It's not worth it. We don't need to do it, but I like having these interesting stories come on. And if there's anybody you know from the new generation era, whether it was a production worker or an enhancement talent or a producer or an indie promoter or somebody who was around that era and could kind of shoot the breeze with me about it, love to talk to them. Think that that's uh, out of this world as it relates to our new generation era content, uh, which... If you can smell it in the air, it's Survivor Series time. It's Thanksgiving here in the United States next week. And uh, my favorite time of the year is the Survivor Series time. I absolutely love going back and watching those first five to six, seven years of Survivor Series uh, shows uh, to go out of our era to late 80s, early 90s. The Vince McMahon intros to the Survivor Series are my all-time favorite pay-per-view intro uh, you could possibly pick. Um, the mega powers exploding also being up there, but the 1989 and 1990 survivor series intros by Vince McMahon, my favorite thing to go back and watch. And I, I absolutely dig it the most. So last year we talked about the survivor series showdown a lot. I'm going to recap the survivor series showdown, uh, briefly before we get into the one little thing I want to talk about today. Uh, but I want to talk about next week's show, uh, going to bring back the great Husey to discuss uh, Survivor Series teams of this uh, era, of this new generation era. So it covers Survivor Series 93, 94, 95, and 96. So we've got four healthy years 
worth of Survivor Series teams. Although in those mid late mid nineties years, they started to phase out these all Survivor Series uh, team matches. Uh, most famously in nineteen ninety two where I believe there was only two Survivor Series elimination matches on the show. Um, but 93 had a little bit more. 94 had a little bit more. 95 had a couple more than 93 and 94. But then 96, they split it. 96 broke it up. 96 had more singles matches. It had The Undertaker and Mankind. It had Bret Hart and Steve Austin. And it had the main event, Psycho Sid and Shawn Michaels for the, uh, the championship at Madison Square Garden. So they broke up the mold a little bit, but there is nothing more wrestling to me than the Survivor Series, that time of the year, Thanksgiving, uh, remembering back to when it was on Thanksgiving night or Thanksgiving Eve and looking forward to it so much. These are the, uh, the memories that you carry for the rest of your life. And as a fan, you really can look back and say, all right, this is something that uh, makes me feel good. This is something that gives me nostalgia. And nine times out of 10, I will get stuck uh, going down that rabbit hole every uh, November and start looking at Survivor Series Showdown, the Survivor Series Report, some of the superstars, the Wrestling Challenge, the Monday Night Raws that all led to these Survivor Series uh, events. And it is, uh, it's just an unbelievable time of the year in, in my point of view. You know, I also point to the Royal Rumble time of the year. Love that. Always love looking back at the Royal Rumbles and uh, seeing the different guys that popped in randomly and who'd you forget about? And this guy had a great performance and this guy held out for 50 minutes and the Royal rumble is what it is. And same thing with WrestleMania and the same thing with SummerSlam and King of the ring, but it's just something about the survivor series to me that is uh, out of this world and uh, really uh, sums up what it was like to be a fan in that era and growing up in that era. And it was a fun time and it was a great time and I'm very happy to have uh, really grown up in this uh, this time as a uh, as a younger fan, love it. Can't get enough of it. But we'll uh, we'll move on. And Husey will come on to talk about the teams. We'll run down the names. We'll kind of laugh at some of those. We'll see some of the matches maybe that could have been that weren't surprise guys that were discussed that were never necessarily making it to the airwaves. And again, we've done this type of show before. But with Husey on, it's unpredictable. He'll probably have something funny to say. And I'd also like to see what it's like uh, from his perspective, you know, over in Ireland. And what was it like building up the Survivor Series there um, while he was growing up, too, as a fan. We're in the same age range, so he gets it. Um, but, yeah, Survivor Series Showdown, if you want to recap, these are all on YouTube. I've gone and found every single one of them. Uh, the unfortunate part of the Survivor Series Showdown is the final one was 1993. So if you want to borrow uh, 1992, as we've always talked about, it's on the, uh, the cusp of being a new generation era show. Uh, the 19, let's go back to that one. The 1992 Survivor Series showdown, uh, most famously talked about on the airwaves uh, here with my buddy Chris Pavone. He was at the 1992 Survivor Series at the, uh, the Richfield Coliseum in Ohio. Attended it, said it was a great moment of his childhood growing up, a uh, little anticipation, waiting to go and having a great show, seeing some pretty cool matches. Uh, but the Survivor Series showdown uh, 19, uh, of 1992 taped October 22nd, 1992 at the uh, Prairie Capital Convention Center in Springfield, Illinois, was actually broadcast nearly a month later on November 22nd, 1992. Uh, 12 matches. 
uh, taped for this show. I mean, that is unheard of. Now, are they all clocking in at a, a lengthy amount of time? Absolutely not. This is not at all uh, a marathon uh, match in any stretch. I mean, you know, to run them down, Tatanka defeats the Repo Man, Marty Jannetty defeats the Brooklyn Brawler, Kamala defeats uh, Red Tyler. So that's just a squash match. Uh, that's actually pretty long for a squash match. Earthquake defeats IRS. 11 minutes. Longest match on the show. Man, Earthquake and IRS for 11 minutes. Uh, Big Boss Man defeats Barry Horowitz. The Head Shrinkers defeat Red Fox and Royce Royce Royal. That's a name for you. Uh, Nails defeats the Big Boss Man. Bret Hart defeats the Mountie. Virgil defeats Bam Bam Bigelow. Razor Ramon defeats Randy Savage via countout. Bret Hart defeats Papa Shango. And then again, the Ultimate Warrior now defeats Nails in a whopping 20 seconds on this show. Now, what do we know about the Survivor Series of 1992? There is no Ultimate Warrior. Ultimate Warrior's gone. He's replaced the week leading into it. It becomes Mr. Perfect and the Macho Man against Ric Flair and Razor Ramon. Uh, so this being taped a month in advance, you know, what are you going to do? It's, um, it's in the can. They have it recorded. Uh, I guess they could have cut it out, but no, it's, uh, I believe this maybe is the show too, where they, t they say the warriors out. I, I could be wrong about that. That's something I'd have to go back and watch, but, uh, yeah, no, that's absolutely, um, I think this is the time where they decided he was out. Uh, but survivor series showdown, uh, 1992, we'll just borrow it only because of, um, uh, you know, the fact that it's, uh, something that, <laughs> you know, it, we need to borrow these because there's no more after 1993, which is nuts because, uh, this was such a staple. I mean, looking back my favorite one being the 1989 survivor series showdown, uh, ultimate warrior and Tully Blanchard, Randy Savage and Hercules, Mr. Perfect and Bushwhacker Butch. Come on. Tito Santana and the big boss man, Ted DiBiase and smash amazing right there favorite survivor series ever is 1989 uh by far uh so let's also look at survivor series showdown 1993 aired on the usa network november 21st 1993 it was taped over the course of two days the first two matches on november 8th 1993 from the fernwood resort in bushkill pennsylvania and the last two matches being taped on November 10th, 1993 at Farrell Hall in Deal, New York, or Delhi, New York. No, it's Deal, New York. Sorry, I'm reading it quick. Um, you know, this is not as, uh, not, as, not as long, not as long a taping night. Doink the Clown defeats Bastion Booger. Crush defeats Virgil. IRS defeats Marty Jannetty and Yokozuna defeats Bret Hart via disqualification. It was a singles match for the WWF Heavyweight Championship. And if your new generation declassified trivia is uh, up to snuff, you would know. We talked about that about six weeks ago with uh, John Paz as we were talking about hidden gems in the new generation era, matches you might not have known existed or moments you didn't know existed. Uh, Yokozuna and Bret Hart's big rematch for the uh, WWF Championship at uh, the uh, WrestleMania 9. This is the rematch here at Survivor Series Showdown. Um, you know kind of a weird spot to have a rematch but not bad if you're going to build up a uh, a card um without any uh without any like other platforms to put this on you know you weren't going to just throw this on a uh, on a superstars and call it call it a day no you save this for something like survivor series showdown uh like i said these are on youtube i believe they're also on the wwe network now but or whatever it is peacock you could go and check out um all these these different matches 
you know, if you're intrigued by uh, Crush and Virgil, look, it's a seven seven minute and fifty five second barn burner. Um, but if you remember what it was like to watch those matches, look, we didn't have much. We didn't have a lot of content like we do now. It was either we go back and watch last year's Survivor Series by renting it at the video store or check out your 25th generation uh, VHS recording of a superstars or Monday Night Raw or Mania or or All-American Wrestling, something like that. Um, But hey, that's what we took uh, to get it done back in the day. So here's one more thing I want to talk about here. Um, It's an interesting thing. You know my love of trading cards. You know how I'm uh, very into the baseball card market, Uh, dabbling more into the wrestling card market from a sales point of view. Uh, but nonetheless, you know, still like to check them out, still like to collect them. Don't know about 85% of the guys that are in a current WWE pack, and that is not a knock. That is just me not being up on the product. Uh, still collecting them, seeing what cool uh, cards you can find in a pack. Right now, the big one that you find on store shelves for WWE is called Topps Chrome. So if you're not familiar with Topps Chrome, Chrome is uh, basically it's a you know kind of a film cover over the actual card that's got a more reflective uh, look to it. Uh, they're very cool. I've always been a big fan of the Chrome cards. Uh, the refractors that they put in have different uh, colors. You know, some are just a rainbow refractor. There's green. There's gold. There's orange. There's black. There's red. There's these super refractors that are usually a one of one. Uh, that are just these amazing pieces of, uh, you know, art, essentially. They look phenomenal. Uh, But inside of WWE Topps Chrome 2021, there's a little subset of 25 cards that I want to bring to uh, the new generation declassified audience attention, and that is the In Your House set that is legit about... I would say out of the 25 cards, about 20 of them being from the new generation era. And in this style of card with the refractor where there's this little rainbow shine to every card, they look unbelievable. And to see some of the images that they used, whoever is working, and I know WWE is on its way out of tops and it's on its way to fanatics uh, in, I believe, two years but whoever was working in the photography department at Tops in conjunction with WWE, they really went out of their way to pick just images that popped off of the page. And I'll drop it in the graphic for this episode if you want to see what one of one or two of them look like. But I mean, these cards are phenomenal. And I wish I would had time to grab a couple of these uh, trading card guys that we've had on over the last couple of months. Uh, to talk about you know how cool this set is, but uh, let me run down what we've got in the set, and you'll kind of get what I'm saying when I talk about these pictures um, really just popping off the page, and the, the color scheme just meticulously selected, and I, my hat's off to whomever that was, because it was an absolutely uh, genius move, uh, but yeah, it's a 25-card set. Like I said, there's different parallel refractors and different colors, which... Each one is numbered to a different amount. So the green refractors are numbered to 99. The gold refractors are numbered to 50. The orange refractors are numbered to 25. The black to 10. The red to 5. And the super refractor is a one of one. Uh, These are incredibly hard to come by, uh, essentially, in a regular uh, pack of green refractor. One out of every 206, uh, roughly, for the hobby 
boxes and the blaster boxes, which the blaster boxes are the ones that you would buy at Walmart or Target, and the hobby boxes are ones that you buy online from a, uh, a card shop distributor or your local card shop if you still have one in your area. Uh, but as you start to decrease the number in the parallel, the numbers get a little bit bigger in terms of what your what how many packs it takes to get it. So, for example, a red refractor, uh, one out of every four thousand ninety-two packs, you're going to find a number to five uh, red refractor. So, with twenty-five cards in this insert set, you know you kind of have a, a bigger window to look for them. But most of the time. If there's a card you're looking for, you're just going to head to eBay. You're going to search it. More than likely, there's a seller who's already got it uh, out there. Uh, but what this set does, that's very interesting. You know, it breaks it up a little bit. It kind of goes through the timeline of in your house. So obviously, we know it started in 1995, uh, May 1995 to be exact. And recently, a few years back, they did uh, bring back in your house as part of NXT Um you know, during the pandemic, they brought back Todd Pettengill. We talked about it in one of the first episodes of New Generation Declassified. A lot of people forget that those in-your-houses uh, were originally in-your-house scheduled events, and they just switched the names up and eventually just kind of phased out the in-your-house name, I guess, associating it more with the New Generation era. And I don't think that's really fair. I mean, I, I, I think the in-your-house brand was... Okay, but I mean, if they thought it had to do more with those lesser lean years, all right, I get it. But, uh, you know, during the Attitude Era in your house and the, the funky house logo, I guess it didn't really work in the uh, the mode that they were going for. But they do have it here with these Attitude Era pictures. They work it in. Um, let's point out some of the cards that really stand out for our era. Now, again, I bought a couple boxes of these and I did pull a few. So... I've seen what they look like in person as well as online. And they are just impressive as hell. I am just so taken by them. Uh, but uh, let's see. Number one, Shawn Michaels wins the Intercontinental Championship. That is from the July 1995 uh, in your house against Jeff Jarrett. Uh, Razor Ramon captures the gold in a surprise match. That's the marquee card they use on the sell sheet uh, for, for this actual set. And as we all know, my good buddy, uh, the Dean, Dean Douglas, that's what they're referring to. It's the night that the Dean uh, got the belt from Shawn Michaels and handed it over. It's a uh, night we covered on the airwaves here. Uh, it's a title victory for Razor Ramon, but, you know, at the, uh, the, <laughs> at the expense of the Dean's, uh, you know, looking a little silly, which we've talked about that too. So uh, we will move on. Hunter Hearst Helmsley survives an Arkansas hog pen match. That's the December 1995 in your house, a, a show that is completely shit on and is not that great of a show. The hog pen match probably being one of the reasons why, even though Triple H completely bumps his ass off and really throws himself all over the arena uh, and is just completely cut to shit uh, on his back and his side by the end of the match. It's a brutal match for as silly a gimmick as it was. Um it's just on a show that nobody watched, essentially. It was the lowest buy rate in company history up to that point. Uh, the Undertaker drags Diesel into the unknown. That is from the February 96 in your house. That is what uh, is going to be leading up to the Diesel-Undertaker match at WrestleMania, the co-main event, which would be basically Diesel's uh, walk out the door 
Uh, Razor Ramon defeats the one, two, three kid. That's the crybaby match. We talked about that. The, the, the worst stipulation in the history of wrestling. Um, one, two, three kid in a diaper at the end of that. Uh, Shawn Michaels defeats Diesel in a no hold barred, uh, no hold barred match. Easy for me to say. That's May 1996. That is Good Friends, Better Enemies. That is officially Diesel's last uh, match with the uh, the WWF as he's on his way. Excuse me, pay per view match on his way out the door. The curtain call will be right after that. Uh, Mark Henry makes his WWE debut. That's a little bit later on, I believe, in September 1996 at In Your House. Uh, mind Games, as well as this one, The Heartbreak Kid takes on Mankind. That's Mind Games. Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats Hunter Hearst Helmsley. That's October 1996. Uh, Undertaker Rises from Buried Alive. That's also October 1996. So you see, if you think about this, these are the images they're using, these bright, just colorful characters mixed with these rainbow refractors. They pop off the, the card like you would not believe um, but that's basically it for this era. A few more kind of sneak in. Ken Shamrock makes his WWE debut. That would be at the, I believe, May 1997 in your house. Uh, Chaos erupts between Shawn Michaels and Undertaker. That would be September 1997. That's uh, ground zero. Uh, Shawn Michaels defeats Undertaker in the first Hell in a Cell. That's um, the, uh, the match I was just talking about. Uh, with Bad Blood uh, a little bit earlier. Kane makes his WWE debut. This is all out of our jurisdiction, but I'm just giving you a few of the uh, a few of the examples. Uh, Kane making his WWE debut. I pulled that one, and I might be getting that one signed by the big uh, red machine very soon. And uh, I'll give you two more. Shawn Michaels uh, narrowly escapes the world's most dangerous man, and Triple H defeats Sergeant Slaughter in a boot camp match. That's the December 97 in your house. That's basically, I believe, the last show they called in your house. That was the Degeneration X in your house. Uh, that was, you know, I mean, that was a lean show. That was right after the screw job. Uh, the main event, Owen Hart and uh, Shawn Michaels. It is uh, not one where I guess we go back and say yeah, it's the greatest show ever. It's also Stone Cold Steve Austin's return from the neck injury, uh, battling the rock. He takes out the nation of domination. Stone Cold stunners D'Lo Brown on the, the hood of the, uh, the Stone Cold pickup truck. Um, but again, you just get the idea of what I'm talking about. Those first 10 cards really being the new generation uh, years. Um, if you collect these cards, I would love to hear what you think about them. They are uh, really something that I don't really say this very often, and I've done it in years past, but I'm not really a set collector. I'm more just grabbing the ones I like. I think I would put this set together, uh, at least the first 10, uh, maybe the first 20. You know, the last five, Ken Shamrock retains the Intercontinental Championship, Stone Cold Steve Austin defeats The Rock, No Holds, no holds Barred match. Finn Balor defeats Damian Priest. Uh, Keith Lee defeats Johnny Gargano. Io Shirai wins NXT Women's Championship. I, I can't say I'm going to add that to my collection, but those first 10, I say I will add to my collection if I can get my hands on all of them. Like I said, I got Kane makes his WWE debut. I believe I also got the Undertaker Rises from the first Buried Alive match. And Mark Henry makes his WWE debut. So I'm halfway there. I'm about three, yeah, three out of 10. I'm getting my, uh, my way on to the ones that I want. But we'll see. Uh, the cards are so hard to come by now that it's tough to even grab them. 
So if you see him and you uh, want to give me a holler, let me know. I might have uh, make arrangements with you to grab it for me because uh, they're that hard to grab uh, today and in this day and age with uh, the card collecting being so hot. So, uh, yeah, that's basically all I wanted to talk about tonight. I want to get you ready for next week's show with Husey, the big Thanksgiving spectacular. This, of course, airing the day before Turkey Day, so you'll be able to take us with you on the road if you like. My favorite time of the year is the Survivor Series time. Uh, if you go back and listen to past Thanksgiving episodes that John and I did years and years ago, I always like to piece together uh, elements from other interviews that talked about moments from the Thanksgiving time uh, in wrestling events. Talked to Hector Guerrero about that gobbledygooker. Talked to um, Mark Lawrence about the Christmas Star Wars, uh, or excuse me, the Thanksgiving um, uh, Star Wars at uh, the Reunion Arena. Or am I getting these confused with Christmas? Maybe I am, but I don't know. I talked to Hector Guerrero. Oh, it was Blue Meanie. That was it. Uh, but go back and listen to some of those old episodes if you can. And uh, I really, uh, I just, I want to give you a great show next week. So we'll get Husey in here and we'll talk about these Survivor Series teams. Uh, chop it up and uh, we will be on our merry way. So let's close it up this week. If you want to follow me on Twitter, it's at Chad EMB. If you want to follow me on Instagram, it's IB Exclusives. My website is IBExclusives.com. Uh, find out all of my autograph signings that are coming up over at that site. A huge one uh, going to be announced in the next couple of days. So keep your eyes tuned, especially uh, you know if you're a, a modern collector. This one is right up your alley. Uh, if you want to get more from us, it's TMPTEmpire.com. Check out all the shows under the TMPT umbrella, the great interviews that John has, all his other great shows on the platform as well as our association with the Russo brand. And every week it's the Triple Threat Podcast on Channel Attitude, the franchise, Shane Douglas, uh, bringing you his style of podcasting in only the way the franchise can. Uh, my favorite show of the week next to New Generation Declassified and Eyes Appear. So there you go. That's saying something. Uh, you can also find me on Eyes Up Here with the Queen of Extreme Francine on Patreon, patreon.com slash Francine Podcast. Uh, I wish you all a great week, and let's check back in uh, a week from now for some Survivor Series discussion. Uh, go find some Topps Chrome. Get that in your house set, in your uh, collection. Or hell, if you want to start a collection, look for the box with Drew McIntyre and Sasha Banks on it. It's Topps Chrome 2021 and tell him your uh, buddy, the Chadster, sent you to get him. So we'll get out of here. Uh, I thank everyone for listening. And for nobody else but me, this is your old buddy, the Chadster. We will catch you on the flip side. Thanks for listening to the two-man power trip of wrestling. What the world is downloading.